Hello and welcome to The Point of Everything. My name is Owen O'Sullivan and today's guest on the show is Seamus Fogarty. He's an Irish singer-songwriter who's based in London. He's just released his third album and second on Domino Records called A Bag of Eyes. He's a master of songwriting. That's evidenced by the slow burn quality of second album, A Curious Hand, which was one that I just kept returning to in 2017 and 2018. In our interview, we talk about his journey from Limerick to Scotland to London with some help from the late Willie Meehan of Roller Coaster Records in Kilkenny. How Seamus has kept things fresh on A Bag of Eyes, having apparently grown weary of the guitar. We also talk about Fence Records based in Scotland, which released Seamus's debut album almost a decade ago and was founded by King Creosote and there's plenty more besides. Thanks as always for listening. Here's myself chatting over Zoom with Seamus Fogarty on The Point of Everything. So congratulations on the new album. How are you feeling about it just before it's released? Uh, a little bit nervous but really really happy and proud. You know happy with how it turned out and no regrets. Do you still get nervous about releasing music, putting it out in the world? Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, you always want to kind of expand your audience a bit and you want a kind of music to kind of keep keep working working its way, you know, around. Um, and, you know, I think about touring, I think about, like, eventually, whenever that happens again, you know, you want to kind of have a bigger budget, you want to be able to, like, pay the band and... All those things. So yeah, I want that. I want it to do well, and uh, yeah, I want people to enjoy it. I mean, this is the second album now that you're releasing on Domino. Like, do they have any say in it? Like, what they want out of it, or anything like that? Or is it very much like it's an artist-driven label? You know, we're just putting it out. It's up to you what you want to do with it. Well, I think in my case, the 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 latter. Yeah, I think they're. You know, I sent it. I sent. Yeah, I sent kind of most. I sent a few tracks to to Lawrence, um, uh, like last year, I guess. And you know, I knew they were a bit kind of a bit different to what came before, but you know, they were just kind of the the songs that were were coming at the time, and I kind of liked them, and I thought they were interesting. I'm, I'm sure he was probably like, oh. <laughs> Well, we'll see how these goes. And he, and he did, he wrote back and he's like, you know, they're really interesting. And I guess uh, it's a different type of album, but I think it's a, it's a good album to make. And, you know, that was good enough for me to, to, to keep going with it. Yeah, um, I, I was actually reading the, the press release and just kind of talking about um, the album. There's actually a quote in there that I, I did kind of want to unpack. I'll read it out first. Um, it says, weary of the guitar and seeking something darker than its predecessor, he chose to lean more heavily on synths and drum machines and additionally to self-produce. So let's just unpack that a little bit. So weary of the guitar. In in what sense were you weary about the guitar? Well, it was just very, in very practical terms. I've just been playing the same guitar for 20 years. And, um, you know, it's been very good to me, but I just kind of, I just kind of a bit bored of it, you know, and, and uh, it's quite a hard, it's a beautiful sounding guitar, but it's quite a hard guitar to play. And I just, um, I just wanted to give it a break, you know, and, uh, and also I had, uh, you know, I had acquired some other bits and pieces, uh, some, some synthesizers and, a couple of drum machines and um 
you know, I like to kind of, if I get something new, it's, it's not like I buy new stuff for, from a studio all the time. You know, if I buy stuff, I want to kind of use it. So I kind of, I think um, that was another reason why it kind of sonically, it sounds a bit different because I wanted to kind of dive into those bits of machines and, and see what, uh, what I could get out of them. And, and um, yeah, so it was mostly like a couple of synthesizers and a drum machine and, and the banjo. They were like the kind of, the, that was like the trinity, the holy trinity of, of uh, the instrumentation on the album. And then, you know, lots of kind of, you know, after the fact, um, kind of thinking about kind of, you know, sound design and kind of, you know, turn it into a kind of a journey, f- you know, for myself and uh, see where I could bring the, the tracks that I was making. So, yeah. Tell me more about the guitar. Like, I mean, I presume it's still all over uh, the new album, is it? There is there is a good bit of guitar, but like, yeah, I'm trying to think, like say the first song is just kind of uh, banjo and fiddle. Play, I play a bit of fiddle on this album as well. And uh, then just kind of drones. Um, yeah, there's probably as much banjo as there is uh, guitar. So yeah, I don't know. It's 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 quite a yeah. I think in terms of the the texture on the, the textures on the album, I think it's it's quite different. And um, so yeah, you know, I know I probably sound like kind of, uh, but I, I I find it hard to kind of put it into any one kind of category in terms of like you know whatever it is just a kind of a mixture of everything um and actually i did end up buying a really shitty guitar for like about 100 quid uh, just because i wanted something different to uh to to maybe to to experiment on uh as opposed to my old guitar and actually a bunch of that ended up on the album as well so you only have two guitars one that's 20 years old and one that you got for 100 quid yeah wow that's that's all you need then yeah, I know. I've actually, you know what though? I've I've actually ordered a new guitar. Oh really? Oh, tell me more. Yeah, no, no. I just yeah, because I've been trying to find a guitar for about you know two years. Because I said I never, you know, I'm very I'm very tight and uh, load to kind of spend anything. And I, you know, obviously, it's not like I'm not at that point where I'm bringing in millions of pounds from my music. So you know, I have to pick and choose, but. Um, yeah, I'm going. To, I'm I'm buying a guitar from this company called Atkins, and they're based in a uh, Canterbury, a little small kind of boutique company. So, yeah, let's see. That's a, so. Next album could be just could be just me and the guitar, which would be lovely. <laughs> um, that's really interesting. I thought that like I don't know, you just accumulate guitars as as you've been playing. Like it's it's no. I mean, where where, where would I put all these guitars? You know, I, I don't know. Bands bands find a way. You know, yeah, Acts find um, a way. You know, living in London, it's really expensive. And even like you know, that was to rec- you know writing the album and stuff. I used to kind of have this room as a studio, and then with a child, and and then I was trying to find studio space to rent. And it's just so expensive that you know. Uh, yeah, it was it was a real kind of adventure, kind of going from place to place to place making the album. Because for the most part, you know, some friend like a friend would be on tour, so that I could use their studio for like two weeks, and someone else would be gone for another week, so I could go in there. And I was always kind of against the clock because I'd be like, oh, that person is coming back like in 
two days of fuck, I need to better finish this track. Um, so yeah. Um, so no, I don't have loads of guitars. Um, and and what's so special about the guitar that you're that you're buying? In case in case there's any um any guitar aficionados wondering. Well, it's just it's like a little um. It's kind of a 1930s Robert Johnsony style kind of small body kind of parlor, um, uh, which is just really easy to play and sounds lovely. And uh, yeah, I mean, usually I end up putting it through like my laptop anyways, so I don't know. But yeah, I'm just, it'd just be nice to have something that I'm kind of uh, pick up and just, you know, enjoy it for a bit and yeah, see what happens. And and so like, do you still get an enjoyment out of out of playing the guitar? Like, would you still pick pick it up every day, sort of thing? And or or do, or do you find that like you're a little bored by it in a way? Well, I mean, it's not even that. So at the moment, like, it's just I don't really have time to just pick it up and and kind of uh, strum on it. Like, so at the moment, I'm trying to kind of figure out how to play the songs on the album live, which you know. Uh, so I had, I'll, you know, I'll have my guitar and I'll be trying to, I'll be like, oh yeah, these are the chords, and then the guitar is going to go through these pedals and it's going to go into this effect, and then I'm going to have like this synth is going to come in here and stuff, and just it's very kind of like you just, you know, that that's the day gone, just trying to figure out how to play, like you know, or it could be a week trying to figure out how to play a, a track off the album, but it's it's really cool as well because you know it's you're kind of almost remixing the the track um in a kind of live uh scenario um so so yeah it's so it's cool so you're still kind of experimenting with making sounds and stuff it just might necessarily be you know with chords on a guitar or whatever it might be just part of a yeah i think i'm just more into kind of making noises and sound at the moment i think yeah is it important to be able to play all of the songs live. I mean, do you think of that when you're actually recording the song for the album or are you very much like, we'll, we'll figure it out if the need ever arises? Well, I think with this album, I think when I was writing and making the album, a lot of the, uh, well, some of the tracks I was thinking, um, I was thinking, yeah, this is, I'm going to write a track that's going to, when we play it live, it's going to be, it's going to be a, bu- I actually, I remember, I remember going to End of the Road Festival last year and um, I, I popped into one of the tents to see Fontaine's DC playing and I was like, oh. so yeah, this, I want to make a few tunes like that, you know. Was, so I didn't make tunes like that, but I was, I, it really kind of got me thinking about, yeah, uh, it's cool, you know, it's such a beautiful thing when you can kind of take a song and then just tear it up on stage. So... I think yeah, there's a few of the songs on uh, on this new album that uh, that when we do them live, that's kind of that's how they sound and, and and you know so yeah, the live side of it is 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 really important to me, you know more because so, I, I would have spent like a couple of years kind of touring the last album with the band and even though it's like really expensive and um you know a little bit more stressful to organise, it's such a kind of incredible thing to to perform and, and play with a band that you know it just kind of you know it's it's something that i want to kind of keep keep doing yeah um 
like I was I was kind of trying to think of like an influences kind of question you know like you mentioned Fontaine's DC would you actually go as far as to say that that kind of influenced the sound of the album or is, is that something that's very much in kind of the back of your mind I mean I don't think anyone is going to listen uh to this and be like you can hear Fontaine's DC on this one no to be honest it was just that one particular song where it's like uh yeah I think it was more and it was more the kind of I was thinking rather than sonically it was more that experience that i that i was kind of considering that experience of kind of thrashing out a, a tune you know but it was probably more like you know of stoogies or someone than you know it's the same kind of it's like i wanted i wanted to kind of make something that was a bit more kind of rock and roll or just just to try kind of you know make uh you know i think with the with some of the songs I was just trying to kind of write in a different style just to kind of see where I could, you know, bring the, the, the songs. For someone who's been releasing music for a good few years, like yourself, I mean, are influences as important as you kind of like figure out your sound or figure out who you are as an artist as they are, say, the first time around, like when you're younger, finding your, you know, oh, yeah. doing your first album? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd be more influenced now by you know, the attitude of some, some artists and bands, you know, uh, in that, you know, it's people that keep kind of, you know, pushing on and trying to put out new stuff. And um, I guess from a songwriting point of view, like I'll always have a few kind of solid influences, like um, uh, what's his name from Silver Jews, David Berman, who died, he would have been a big influence and uh who else i think actually on this record um uh, my friend ed dowie he he would have influenced it a bit i don't know if you know ed dowie's music i met him he's an artist on lots map and he's incredible and he was kind of instrumental in how i wrote the album because uh we were both kind of lamenting the fact that we couldn't come up with any new material. So he had this idea how we, he was like, you know, let's try and send each other a, a song or a tune every two weeks. And um, so that's what we started doing. And all of a sudden we both started kind of, you know, coming up with, you know, new tracks. And it was really kind of nice, organic way to kind of work on, on some new music because you know neither of us had any deadline there was no one saying oh give us the next album now like so it's like all right we need to just kind of sit down and do this but um so yeah i was listening to a lot of, and so ed was sending me these new tracks he was working on while i was kind of working on my own new tracks um so that was uh that was cool um yeah i, I don't know i'm trying to think who else would have been i guess that the people people my friends over here that, that are making music like Rosie Plain and Seraphina Steer and um I guess you know people on um on Domino like uh, John Hopkins and um James Yorkson and King Creosote and yeah I just does I guess they're just the people I've been playing with and listening to for the last few years and they all kind of seep into you know and kind of you just absorb them and yeah do you you mentioned uh david berman there did you listen and did you like um the purple mountain stuff that oh i loved it yeah it was, it was amazing yeah yeah it was 
Yeah, it's a beautiful album. It was pretty close to the bone in terms of, you know, how, how we, you know, ended it all. So, I mean, it doesn't make for the most kind of comfortable listen, I guess. But then they're still amazing songs. So you can, you know, I can totally just, you know, appreciate them uh, for what they are. Yeah, and his other album, you know, Silver Juice stuff, it's just, yeah, it's just amazing. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know the Silver Jews stuff, to be honest. I'm not really that familiar with it. But I mean, that Purple Mountains album, I, I don't think, I think I might have listened to one song before he, you know, tragically died. And then I, I just decided I couldn't even think about listening to that album for like six months afterwards. And then like it just clicked with me. Like it's so sad to listen to, but it's such it's such an amazing achievement as well. And kind of the the empathy that you feel for it immediately. Like I just think it's yeah. it's such a master class. Like I would consider that a master class in, in songwriting. So I imagine that that would be an album that would have a big influence on people. Yeah. Well to be honest I'd say that the the albums before that were probably yeah, a bigger influence, you know, uh, the Silver Juice stuff. I guess because I was listening to them for for longer, and but yeah, that last album with the production on it as well is 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 amazing, and you know the songs they're obviously full of kind of turmoil and and heartache and and everything, but just the way he's able to write about it, it's it still kind of he still kind of has a a kind of a gentleness about it that makes them kind of endearing as well. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, you can't really, it's hard to put a finger on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you mentioned earlier uh, becoming a dad. Is that something that's different from uh, the last album? Is that in recent years that that happened? Yeah, and, and... yeah, that's that's different from the last album. Sure is. That's been, yeah, I mean, it's been amazing. I think it made me a lot more focused, to be honest, yeah, because I didn't have that um, that freedom to just kind of, sit on it sit on a track for like you know months or whatever it was like oh, i just get in there and, and get it finished because you know i'd have to go home and put the baby to bed or whatever you know but yeah and Nora, she's on the album as well of course she's on a couple of tracks she does she screams on one one track and uh she plays the keyboard on another one so <laughs> very good very good so we can hear that influence coming through as well absolutely yeah, especially the scream yeah and uh as well you meant you mentioned uh kind of having difficulty coming up with with the song is that something that's happened uh before kind of like i don't know if you if you call it um like writer's block or, or something like that that you were going through no i think it was purely just the the act of sitting down and trying to kind of write an album of songs i think before that so my first album 2012 that that came that was just like a couple of EPs that um I released on Fence with a with an extra track at the end. So, you know, that kind of came together over a period of, of a few years. And then there was not you know, between two thousand and twelve there was like a five year gap before the next album. But with this album, you know, it was just starting with a kind of blank page and um yeah, trying to write, you know, an album's worth of, of tracks. It was just from start to finish. It was just kind of a bit daunting. Uh, it was a real challenge, but it was cool. You know, after after a couple of months, I kind of got into it, and um, yeah, it was interesting. Things started kind of to click a bit a bit faster, and so yeah, that was purely from that kind of point of view. 
kind of looked at different ways of coming up with lyrics and, and melodies and yeah it was more of a challenge than anything you know but that's 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 all right with me uh, you mentioned that uh, 2012 album that you released on Fence, Goddamn You Mountain. I, I was just reading about Fence um, earlier, just kind of prepping for, for this chat. Like, is it is there anything uh, that you kind of want to say about them? Was it sad? Like, I was reading that they kind of ended in 2013. Was it disappointing that they came to a close? I mean, or, it was disappointing or... because it was like a real, it was a real hub, you know, it was like a community of, of musicians and fans, but it was very much the same, you know, it was it, it was a uh, it wasn't like anyone was any any kind of pedestal or anything. It was just a, a kind of beautiful thing to be a part of, and it was great. You know, he helped me develop as a as a songwriter, and probably more so as a as a performer as well. Like to go on tour with like people like Pictish Trail and James Yorkston, and you know, people have been doing it for like ten or twenty years before me, and just to kind of be on stage and he kind of absorb their kind of approach and, and kind of adapted for your own performance so you know it's really cool yeah I mean it was sad because I guess uh, Johnny and, and Kenny who who were at the kind of uh, at the helm they would have been very close and then all of a sudden you know this partnership kind of dissolved so Kenny King Creosote he's still going, going strong I think Fence exists in some kind of in some form or other. And then Johnny went off and set up Lost Map, which is doing really, really great and uh, releasing lots of cool music. You know, I think it was sad at the time, but I think everyone has kind of moved on. And and just because it's my first time chatting with you, like what's your own journey that um, up until, say, joining Fence, like like from from Mayo to, uh, is it Edinburgh label? Yeah, Fence it was in Fife. Yeah, so like, it was like, like, did you move to to Scotland or anything like that? No, so, well, basically, I I, uh, I got a so. Um, do you know Roller Coaster Records in Kilkenny? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know Willie Willie Meehan? Yeah, he di- he died last year, wasn't it? That was died. No, he died. Uh, was it twenty two years ago? Was it? Yeah, uh, or maybe last year. What what year is it now? It's twenty. <laughs> How can you forget? It's twenty twenty. <laughs> The never-ending year. No, I, was, I think it was about. I think it was around this time two years ago. Two um, years ago, geez. but I could be wrong. Yeah, it's a it's a great record store right in the center of uh, of Kilkenny. Yeah, um, yeah. Willie was putting on James Yorkston in 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 Kilkenny, and I was living in Limerick at the time. I haven't traveled all over the place and you know spent time in America. I lived in Berlin for a bit and down in County Kerry, and then uh, I end up uh, teaching music technology in Limerick you know I've been writing my own stuff and I was getting a bit fed up to be honest uh, just as you do and then uh, my brother John who lived in Kilkenny said oh yeah Willie he's putting on James Yorks and you should you know he says we can do the the support so I was to be honest I was kind of humming and hawing I was like ah fuck you know could I be arsed driving over to Kilkenny to do this I went over and it was just uh, just an obvious show and James was was great and um, we got talking afterwards and I knew that because I'd done a little bit of research before it as well and I knew that James was involved with Fence and my friend's friend Tony was going over to, to drum at, at Home Game Festival with uh, SoCo. Do you remember SoCo? Yeah, yeah. Dublin DIY band. Yeah, yeah. And um, so I, I said to James, I said, you're involved a bit with this festival in Scotland. And he said, yeah. And I said, any chance you kind of get me into it? 
and he said, well, I can, I can see, you know, and I, I basically just badgered James for about three weeks until eventually he said, all right, Joe, I got you, I got you a slot. And, uh, and I went over, it was my first gig ever outside of Ireland. It was just the best buzz ever. And I was like, oh, this is, yeah, this is amazing. And it was such a cool kind of community. So that was 2009. And then nothing happened for a year. And I, I, I was, it really got me kind of thinking about making more music because Fence had such a kind of DIY kind of attitude and aesthetic. And I was like, right, so I'm going to just record another EP. And then I get another, I'll try it. I'll start, you know, writing to the guys at Fence and see if they'll invite me over again for another show. And so... They did, after much kind of hassle from me, they said, okay, we'll give you another show. And I bought my band over. And I was just really lucky that Kenny's brother, Gordon, was doing our sound in, a, in, this, in this bar in, in, the, in the village in Fife. And there was a big fight in the bar and Gordon ran out. And Kenny, who the King Creosote, said, what are you doing? You can't leave them in there on their own. So he came and he did the sound for the rest of our show and he said love the show and I gave him an EP and then probably six months later I got an email from Kenny saying I've listened to your that EP eight times in a row I said he said it's, it's brilliant you know we, we'd love to do something and um yeah that was it wow uh, and now I'm a superstar millionaire <laughs> um like if you had said no to Willie to to going to play that support slot, like would would this like is it as simple as that? Like kind of the rest of your journey that like you said yes to that and then everything kind of happened afterwards. I mean, if you had said no, uh, like would we be talking? I don't know. I mean, that's the big that's the the million dollar question, isn't it? You know, maybe I would have, you know, maybe I would have met like someone from One Direction or something, and they would have asked me to be in their band and. Uh, no, I mean, I honestly, I, I, but, but I've always had this thing in me anyways that, like, I think even though I did that gig, there was still a long way to go before I got I got into even to, to play over there. But I think I kind of sniffed out an opportunity. You know, if I didn't do that, you know, then I guess I feel like um, I wouldn't be taking it seriously. You know, it's like, I think it is, there's not many opportunities in, in, in music or it's easy to kind of complain and say, oh, you know, so-and-so is just lucky or whatever. But I think you have to kind of ride the, the luck as well and kind of, you know, grab those opportunities. So, yeah. No, I, I always think it's disappointing when, like, say, if I know someone who's kind of given up the music or, you know, they're just not making music anymore. So, like, to get to your third album, I'm presuming that, like, you feel personally that you're like a better artist than you've ever been before like that you're always that you've just developed as a songwriter that you know the the craft and what it takes to to make a song now yeah i mean i do but i think as well as that um i'm still I, i'm still always trying to 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 bring it somewhere else and i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing you know but i just i'm still always trying to kind of write things that, that you know just try and find some new kind of form or some new kind of combination of 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 sounds or whatever but yeah i'm not very good at kind of i, I don't feel like i have any kind of for, i don't think i've 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 cracked the puzzle or anything you know i, I can't just sit down and be like all oh, right so i'll write a song like this 
I don't know, I still need to kind of just uh, really dig and um, yeah, like sometimes I wish I could just write stuff that was like on the last album, but I feel like that's done now. So the next batch has to be kind of different, you know? Yeah, like, like I mean, what you say, kind of adding adding the the different instruments, like the more synths yeah. and drum machines and and stuff. Like, do do you try and change the the songwriting approach? Yeah, like I, I think yeah, like with this one, you know, I experimented with different ways of of writing lyrics. I think as well, I think for me as well, like the subject matter and themes are really important. I think in the last album. The last, like 2017 album was very much, you know, about me kind of trying to find, uh, you just kind of traveling and kind of find yourself or whatever. But now I've been living in London for a few years and and uh, my life is a little more kind of static. So from that point of view, I wasn't able to draw on like, oh, I remember when I was in this place or in that place and this place. It was a lot more kind of, you know, how do you kind of, make something interesting out of your situation if, if it doesn't involve kind of doing things that are really exciting but then I don't think you have to do things that are really exciting or whatever you know I think so yeah for this album I kind of looked outside the window a bit more just kind of thought about the neighbours and kind of was a bit more kind of voyeuristic about people like on my street so and I think that informs the the kind of the, the album as well yeah and and living in london like is is that an influence that we can actually hear on the album like i mean even if we don't know uh your your neighborhood what it's like do you think that london itself has influenced your music or just even being in london i, I think it has yeah like i think you know i just live on a street now <laughs> just a street with like you know a hundred houses just they're exactly the same and you know if you com- compare that to like you know, when I started writing my first album, I was living in, like, in the middle of, I was living in Castle Connell, like, beside the the River Shannon or whatever. It's, you know, it's just totally different kind of headspace. So, yeah, maybe it's a little more kind of claustrophobic. Um, and that maybe comes across a bit as well. Yeah, I don't know. I actually, because I wrote a lot of the album, I wrote a bunch of the songs down in, um, in County Kerry. So I think it does have that mix as well. I think there's a few of the songs that do have kind of a uh, kind of space to them. And then there's some of the songs that are a bit more kind of claustrophobic. So, yeah. I, I was reading an interview on um, The Quietus. I think it was from like 2012. It was around the time of the, the first album that you put out. And, and that was also done in County Kerry as well, was it? Is that kind of like your your uh, go-to kind of artistic? Well, yeah, because it's like the same place, basically. Like, so that... I wrote a bunch of the songs in that first album when I was working as an intern down in uh, Kilreelig, which is like, um, it's near Balanskelligs, uh, down, right down the bottom of County Kerry, which is also where my dad uh, comes from. So I used to go down there on holidays when I was a kid. And, uh, and then I kind of engineered my way back there, kind of in my kind of mid-twenties. And... Um, yeah, it's an amazing place. And then I was, I was, uh, a few years ago, maybe like two or three years ago, we, I went there on on holidays with with my partner. I met Noel Campbell Sharp, who 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 would run that, who runs this kind of artist uh, retreat in Kilreelig. You know, I was telling her about how I was doing, and and she was 
you know, she's really supportive. She's like an amazing lady. Then I came, you know, I came back to, and I was back in, in London and back in Walthamstow and I was just like looking out the window, sitting in a cafe and it was just kind of, you know, piss and rain, grey and I was like, oh, fuck this. And I, I just got, I went, got in there. I found Noel's email. I said, listen, any chance I could come down to, to do a, like a, a few weeks to one of the cottages in Kinrelig. And she said, yeah, she said, there'll be no one there um, right in the middle of winter. So there's, there's a cottage there for you if you want. So I went there for a few weeks and uh, that was incredible. That was amazing. So yeah, that was, and I started kind of getting some, some songs and ideas there uh, together there. That's like incredible landscape and just a beautiful place to do anything. So, and then I kind of brought them back to London and would have worked on those a bit. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and just being in London, do you feel like, you know, do you, do you think of yourself as an Irish artist in London or anything like that? Do you, is there anything that kind of, you know, <laughs> not that makes you like wistful for the old country or anything, but um, is, is there any uh, kind of, I don't know, label that you put on yourself? No, but I'm very, like, I mean, I, I, I'm really proud of, you know, um, of being an Irish artist in, in London. I think as soon as people hear my name, they, they're like, they know that I'm, you know, or when I start talking, it's like, oh, it's obviously Irish. But um, to be honest, I wish I was more part of the of the Irish, because, you know, since I, as soon as I came over here, I just kind of, I've got into this, I got into this kind of community of musicians based around, like that were kind of part of my label, like Fence Records and stuff. And they, there was a lot of them based in in London. So that was kind of, that was uh, where I kind of uh, landed when I came over to London first. And I've kind of, you know, probably stayed in that circle or something related to that anyways. But I go back to Ireland loads. You know, I'm really good friend, like, you know, uh, Lisa O'Neill and Junior Brother and these guys, you know, we, I've toured with those guys, both of those in the last, you know, in the last two years so we, we we went to Europe with Lisa and we went around the UK with, with Junior Brother. You know, I still feel very much kind of, I, I, I feel more part of the Irish community in Ireland than the Irish community in, in, in London, probably. Yeah, yeah, I get you. And coming back to uh, this album and coming back to that press release that I mentioned uh, earlier, it says looking for something darker than the predecessor. Just talking about having, having the child and becoming a new dad and everything. I'm surprised that... Uh, now, now I'm kind of surprised reading that. Like, is is it actually darker? Is that just what what the press release says? Like, you thinking about it right now? Are you like, actually, no, it's not that dark. Obviously, having a you know, having a child wasn't. <laughs> I know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but like, like Brexit, and that that was a you know sitting back looking at that. You know, I managed to avoid politics and the news and stuff for as long as I could over here and then finally especially with Brexit there was just no kind of escaping it and then all of a sudden you're kind of into the whole the politics over here like the Tories and the kind of inequality and the yeah it's just you know it's just grimy and it's nasty and it's it's kind of disgusting you know not that politicians in Ireland are are, you know saints but like it was just, yeah, there was a, you know, there's a few elections and things over here. And it's just, it's, yeah. Um, so from that point of view, 
I feel like it's a kind of darker place than it was when I kind of came over back in 2011. Yeah, so I think that's kind of fed into it a bit. I, I kind of sense the, I could anyways, or I can, you know, these kind of undercurrent that seems to be rising up that isn't particularly pleasant, you know? So that's, I guess, uh, influenced the tone of the, the record a little bit, you know, not 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 totally, but... You know, it's definitely um, a different time we're living in. And and like not to do the listeners work for them or anything, but what what other themes are kind of running through the album or did you want to get across in, in the album? Uh, you know what, probably, probably, probably memories. Mem- yeah. Yeah. Memory. Yeah. I guess because... Um, there's a few people that like since the last album came out like I would have you know I lost a few people like like Willie Meehan in Rollercoaster Records my friend Connor Welch from Swinford and there was my friend Vince that I used to play with so they're all kind of these are all people that kind of have come and gone in sort of the last you know since I moved to London I guess so I guess there was an element of kind of looking back and thinking about the good, the good old days or whatever you know so yeah there's that kind of that idea of memory is is a, is a big one finally i guess are, are are you proud of what you've achieved like can you kind of sit back and say like geez that's a fucking great great piece of work that i've made right there yeah like, you know what you, I, yeah I, I can i can, for the most part i can yeah you know I, I think it's i think it's it's a really you know i think it's a good trip you know i think it's an interesting you know, when I listened to the White Label records when it came back from, from Domino, it was stuck it on and it was side A and side B. And I was like, yeah, they really kind of take you off, take you somewhere, which is kind of what I thought was strong about The Curious Hands and also like God Diary Mountain. I was like, all right, cool. You know, that's maybe that's what I, maybe that's what I, you know, maybe that's what I do is try and kind of create like a kind of sonic journey for for myself and for listeners and I think I've I think I've done that and uh yeah I think it's kind of an interesting journey I think there's lots of different um there's lots of different stuff going on I played the fiddle on it that's good and um there's a bit of saxophone on it always good I think the other things that kind of really make it stand out yeah no that's that's it really the saxophone and the fiddle very good very good all all played by yourself well, no, 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 thankfully, yes, before people are like, she's not going to buy that. Um, no, Emma, my partner, she plays the the saxophone and the most most of the violin on this. Um, yeah, she's like a genius musician. Yeah, and then my brother, he plays the accordion. And then my friend, uh, my, Aram, he plays drums. And then there's a guy called Major Jones who played uh, bass on it and uh, Johnny Wells and George. Yeah, so it was really kind of, even though I did it myself and I produced it myself, I just, lots of people helped me, you know. And I think that's a really kind of cool thing about it as well. I think it's a great album. The I've, I've only been able to listen to it a few times, so I'm looking forward to listening to it even more, particularly after our chat. So, uh, like, thanks a lot for chatting with me. And Yeah, no, my pleasure. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, I hope it's... Uh, informative yeah <laughs>